Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey, friends, it is Fearless Friday on the Make Life Matter podcast, and each Friday I share short but impacting devotions, or I get to introduce you to some of my fearless friends who are making their life matter for the kingdom. And that is the case today. I am so honored and excited to sit down with my friend, evangelist Adam Field. Inspired by the story of David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz, Adam founded Commission two years ago to ignite a passion for evangelism in local churches across the United States. He is fearless in his mission to see people encounter the love of God and be drawn into relationship with Jesus Christ. He's a native of Ireland. You'll know that right away. And he has known Jesus as a savior since the age of six. Adam will fire you up to live with radical faith. Welcome, Adam. I am so excited to finally have you here on the podcast. Oh, I'm so glad. So honored to be on here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. Well, I didn't read everything about your bio. I've known you for some time, but even researching for this podcast, I've learned some new things and I just cannot wait for, for our listeners to hear about you and from you. And after you graduated from Summit International School of Ministry, you served in pastoral roles in Ireland until God called you here to the United States. As an evangelist, you were in the West Florida District Assembly of God. You served there and then in Colorado, where you work in the outreach department of Word uh, World Challenge, a ministry founded by David Wilkerson. And I know he was heavily influential in your life. Yeah. So Adam, your passion for evangelism started at a very young age. I've heard you talk about that. Um, our general superintendent, Doug Clay, interviewed you. And I was able to listen to that riveting interview that you talked about some things that that shaped you when you were very young. So I would love for you to tell our listeners how your dad was radically saved through the ministry of street evangelism and how that shaped your life. So talk about that experience, Adam, and how that led to eventually you serving now as a street evangelist. Yes, my my dad actually was, was raised in a very, very strong religious Roman Catholic home in Ireland, and uh, he always wanted to serve God. My dad would tell me that even as a young boy, when he was in elementary school in Ireland, he would say that he wanted to know God. And he knew in his religion that he could know God for himself because he was taught in the catechism and by his priest in his school that the only way you can know God is either becoming a priest or going through one of the saints like Mary or any of the saints and and mm-hmm. then medi- they will mediate on behalf of him to God but wow. my dad himself couldn't know God and that was a real struggle for my dad and for, he, he was a very moral religious good young man my dad was and when it came to around 17 or 18 that's when he decided to actually become a priest he wanted to become a monk and he actually chose the Augustinian order in Ireland to become a monk because he had such an eager desire to know God. And when he had signed the paperwork and he was going to head right to the monastery, he was actually walking down one of our city streets there in County Cork, Ireland. And there was an English street preacher from England uh, preaching the gospel on a sidewalk. Now, 
you have to understand where I'm from. We don't really like the English. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not from, I'm not a Northern Irish uh, Irishman. I'm a Southern Irish Irishman. Mm. A lot of my family fought in the IRA. I've got ancestors that were in the Republic, Irish Republican army. Wow. So we, 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 we are not, we are anti-British, anti-English. That's how our city is. That's how this, a lot of where we were from was and so here we have an english street preacher who is preaching basically against the roman catholic church and against the doctrine of the roman catholic church and calling people into a personal relationship with god through jesus christ and my dad <laughs> thought, thought he was absolutely crazy but my dad gave him some time just to hear the message that this this assembly of god street evangelist was preaching from england and two uh, Irishmen come out of a bar. It sounds like a joke, but they come out of the bar. They're a little bit drunk and they're, they're witnessing this guy preaching the gospel with an English accent. And they actually hit him right in the face while oh, he's wow. preaching. And blood and teeth are coming out of his mouth. And this preacher responds with such love and such grace and such mercy, pleading for their salvation. And my dad saw in him that that was religion like he encountered true religion in that moment because he knows that his priest wouldn't have responded that way wow. and he knows that that's not a natural response when someone hits you in the face and so my dad listened deep, very intently to the message as the english street preacher just continued preaching even with blood coming out of his mouth the gospel of jesus and it was enough for my dad to really be open to the message that this guy had to preach, which was you can know God for yourself. You don't need to go through a mediator. You don't need to go through a priest. You don't need to become a priest. You don't need to be going through a saint like Mary or any of the saints. You can go to God for yourself through Jesus Christ mm. and you can be born again. And so my dad actually accepted that message from that street preacher. Wow. It had to have been the anointing of God. And my dad ended up at his church where he met my mom, who my mom also was a very devout Roman Catholic. She even saw in a seashell one time the statue of Mary imprinted on the seashell and had an incredible encounter with Mary. And Mary spoke to my mom, I mean, just radically. And it's the same with my grandfather, my mom's wow. dad, who watched the statue of Mary literally elevate up off the ground and move. So there was like very unusual encounters with our family and religion, which, which, which when they started reading the scripture, it radically changed their lives. The sad mm -hmm. thing about my dad, my dad is that when he went home with a, with a Bible to his, his father, he said, dad, look, I've got a Bible. And my grandfather took the Bible out of my dad's hand and threw it into a flaming fire and said to my dad, no Protestant book is allowed in this home. Oh, this wow. is a Roman cat. This is a Roman Catholic home. You know, we don't follow the Bible. That's for the priests and the Pope. We follow what they tell us. And so my dad really, all the way up until my grandfather passed away, um, could not get through to my grandfather. And mm -hmm. even, even at, when my grandfather passed, he was just really against my dad's conversion and testimony. But my, that, that, be, that launched my dad into street evangelism, into even the church was established as a street evangelistic church. When this English missionary from England came to our city, every Saturday you were out on the streets evangelizing. 
And in fact, if you were a visiting pastor, you couldn't preach in the pulpit on Sunday unless you street preached on the Saturday oh, with wow. the church. Wow. <laughs> wow. It, it kind of weeded out all the... Yeah, just, exactly. Like, <laughs> anybody that wanted his pulpit had to first street, street preach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... We got to the genuine preachers, which was really cool, you know, because you got to be the real deal if you're going to street preach. You, you just can't, you can't fake it. You can't imitate it. Sure. Who'd want to, who'd want to street preach? I mean, nobody wakes up one day and says, I just really would love to street preach one day. Mm. <laughs> I mean, so it was just a very pure Christianity. I mean, and that when my mom and dad met, um, of course, I was six years old when my mom led me to the Lord. But I had a very close relationship with the Lord at six years old. I, I genuinely remember talking with God. I actually led the first person to Christ at that age. Wow. Um, we, were at, we were out on the streets. My mom had just finished singing Amazing Grace. My dad had just finished preaching the gospel. And all I knew to do, which is what my dad told me to do, he would stuff tracks into my hand and have me stand to his side while my dad was street preaching. And I just smile and hope that someone would come and take a tract out of my hand. And this old woman came over and she took a tract out of my hand. And all I knew to tell her was read the prayer at the back. So she read the front, she read the middle, and then she read the prayer at the end. And Mm -hmm. as she was reading the prayer, tears just started welling up in her eyes as she prayed the sinner's prayer and tears were flowing down her face. And I witnessed her getting radically saved. And uh, for me as a young boy, seeing the power of the gospel changing people's lives in a yeah. moment has just fueled a flame in me, even to this very day, to mm. this very day. Wow. And, yeah. and it's, I mean, it's evident to see your love for the Bible, where that comes from, your love for people. Um, because like you said, it's, it can feel very intimidating to stand on a street and preach and share the gospel that way. And so you almost need this kind of radical encounter that you had, that, that your father had, um, that he modeled for you, taught you, took you as a, as a young child, um, to share the gospel. I love that. I, I remember, um, something very similar for me. I was saved very young at the age of five and I have uh, a very faint memory of being at an altar. And my parents told me that when I was five or maybe it was six, Adam, I gave a message in tongues at the front, <laughs> at the altar, and it was interpreted in the, in the church service. So I believe that God can use even children at a young age to begin to mold them and shape them and, and mark their life and set their life apart. Of course, we're all set apart for kingdom purpose, but we each have a unique call on our life and what that's going to look like. And it was just very evident that God was marking your life for specific evangelism ministry. And it moved from religion to relationship. And that's what Mm. you are able to demonstrate to people. I would love to know then, how did you know God was leading you from Ireland to take this fearless step to come to the United States? Yeah, well, I I really felt like even when I gave my heart to the Lord at six years old, it was when I was 12 or 13 that I started noticing in my middle school just such brokenness and drugs and alcohol and Mm, sex. And I just started seeing such wickedness. And this is in County Cork, Ireland. So when I was just getting ready to transition from middle school to high school, I started a small little church during recess once a week 
where it was student led and we had worship and we had and we and we had the gospel preached and and I and I started that and it started out with just me and my lunch and Jesus wow. and the bible for the first wow. few weeks <laughs> and they announced it every single t- day that I was having this and of course you know I was uh, playing hockey I was playing soccer I was very involved in sports I I had a lot going for me, uh, but I was taking a stand for my faith, which even the principal and many of the teachers were thinking, this guy's just off the deep end. Like, what's going on? But I knew that that God was calling me to start this. And uh, within a few weeks of going there, just being faithful to it and, and seeking the Lord, I had my own biological brother, some of my cousins, a, a huge chunk of the guys that played hockey with me. They all turned up and I preached for my first message at around 13 to them from John 316. And I was wow. so nervous. My my left leg wouldn't stop shaking. I could I was so nervous. I, I all I knew to do. And I saw people getting saved from my own class Mm-mm. at that service, radically saved. Like one guy was from Russia who was an immigrant to Ireland who was literally drunk all day long off vodka. And uh, he got radically saved. Uh, as I was sharing the gospel and uh, that Friday night, instead of being the, the like going out partying, he was designated driver for all the guys. And I'll tell you how I know he got saved was because when they were leaving at around one o'clock in the morning, they were driving home. And uh, one of the guys, we don't know exactly how it all happened, but somehow they grabbed the steering wheel and they hit a, a stone wall. We've got a lot of stone walls in Ireland. But he hit a stone wall and the whole lot of them died. And when they did the toxicology report on my friend, the Russian who had just gotten saved, there was not an ounce of alcohol in his body. Wow. And his mom, his mom at the funeral came over to me and she said, all he could talk about was what you shared with him two days prior to him dying about Jesus Christ. That's all he could talk about was Jesus Christ. Wow. Now, am I, disapp- am I disappointed that he still drove out there and he's, you know, I'm a little, but you know what? Hey, at least he wasn't drinking and getting involved. He was trying to just drive his friends out to a party yeah. and back again. But wow. I mean, the guy is in heaven because of it. So I knew in middle school and in high school, God had, call- had a calling on my life. And I had the honor to meet with David Wilkerson when he came to Ireland and he preached and he had a representative of his Bible school there. And he uh, he was gracious enough to just call me out and pay for my education and everything. And I went to Bible school, but I never went to Bible school in America for America's sake. It, my mission was to Ireland. I felt like I was St. Patrick for my people. I, I just needed oh. the education, the boldness and the courage, not for America's sake. In fact, most people, when I was coming over here, didn't like America because they didn't like George Bush and they didn't like. I mean, just Irish people are very opinionated about America. Sure. And, and, you know, so I didn't come over here for America's sake. I came over for Ireland's sake. Mm. And when I was graduating the school in Pennsylvania, I met my wife at the graduation. I just knew she was my wife. And I didn't even know it uh, that she had already purchased tickets to Ireland to come on a missions trip uh, just three weeks after the graduation. But when I saw her three weeks after the graduation, I said, I just met you at my graduation in Pennsylvania. What are you doing in Ireland? And she said to me, she said, I just had these, I had this missions trip already set up. And I was like, I just knew she was going to be my wife Mm. at that moment. I I just knew it. And so 
I told her that. <laughs> I said, you're going to be my <laughs> wife. And then she said, okay, I, all right. I, I didn't have a ring. I didn't get engaged at that moment, but I just knew that she was going to be my wife. And sure enough, mm. she ended up being my wife and she left Florida and she moved to Ireland. And when she moved to Ireland, I was in the middle of a church planting situation in County Kerry, where the suicide rate in County Kerry at that time was higher than anywhere else in Europe. And in fact, there's a cliff edge there that women would come to, specifically women for some reason. And they would uh, leave their cars in the, in, in the parking lot and they'll walk to the cliff. They'll take off their shoes to let people know that they were there. And then they'll jump off, oh, off the cliff. Mm. and commit suicide and this was happening on a daily weekly basis wow and actually it's been going on for like well over 1500 years because there was an old king there whose daughters did it and it's been passed down through hundreds of years that's wow. what you do is you is you jump off that edge so it's a weird you that we would have women come from belfast dublin all over the country in fact even as far as england and scotland and wales just to get you know just to, it was like a demon we were in a very demonic yeah place, demonic stronghold wow yeah mm. yeah and yeah when when we actually went, uh, announced to the small church plant that our wife was pregnant someone in the community was getting baby potatoes and they were cutting them too and then putting cow manure in the middle of the potato and they were leaving it at our front door every morning so every morning <laughs> We would get up and there was this baby potato at the front door cut into a cow manure in the middle of it. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this? Uh, I, I laughed about it. And then jokingly on the Sunday morning, I was preaching and I said, somebody's cutting a baby potato and putting cow manure in it. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was a prank or something. Well, we had a local police officer who had gotten saved through our ministry attending our church. And he came over and he said, oh, no, 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 that's a curse. That's an ancient Irish Celtic curse oh. on the fruit of your womb. And oh. he said, they do, the, they do the same to the police. And he said, you need to break that off your family. So we, we, we went to prayer, into intercession. Uh, and a couple of weeks later, my wife was actually in a head-on car collision and nearly died and we nearly lost our baby. Oh, Adam. It was very dark. We were up against some dark, dark spirits there. And we actually called all of our church friends across the country just to be praying for our family. But my wife uh, really struggled after that car accident. And so we passed the church plant on to another pastor mm. and we actually moved to the United States so she could get help uh, over here. Mm. And that's that's what, when I landed here in the U.S., I knew in that moment, God is transitioning me and my calling from Ireland to the United States. Oh. And I just fell in love with this country. I fell in love with America. And what really burdened me for America more than anything was seeing the lack of street evangelism and seeing the lack of fire for street evangelism mm. uh, amongst a lot of the churches down here in Florida that I was noticing. Because, I mean, we were doing our street evangelism because of a, an Assembly of God missionary who came from England to Ireland. But that Assembly of God missionary would talk about the old Assembly of God missionaries to England who all began on the streets. So we, yeah. just, we, just, we just thought the Assembly of God, the Baptist movement here in America were all about street evangelism because that's what we encountered in Ireland. And then when I came here... And I saw there's really not a real passion for street evangelism. And even in some cases, it's shunned and some even mock it from the pulpit. And 
I started getting kind of what? Why are you guys mocking this? Like our whole family got saved because of it, but you guys are are mocking it from the pulpit. So I couldn't understand that. And uh, you know, David Wilkerson, who was the staple street evangelist for us. I mean, he left Pennsylvania, went to New York, street preached in Harlem, saw Nikki Cruz get saved, and he was out there street preaching every single day until souls would get saved. Yeah. So we just thought that that's what what you American did pa- yeah what, yeah <laughs> yeah that's just what you did but and you're right I mean what, it, it, yeah. it it did wane out we actually have you know our our resident evangelist Matt Meadows and um yes he we have street church now uh, downtown every week but it, it feels like it's not the norm you know what I mean it should be and it's yeah. not um and it, and not everyone's called to do it but that's I do right. want to ask because you've seen such immediate deliverance on the streets and incredible transformation. I loved when you were talking with Doug Clay, you talked about, you know, we believe in sanctification that God leads us from, you know, glory to glory. We change, we grow, we mature, but you have seen immediate deliverance. You have seen many examples of just like what you named in Ireland and now here in the United States. And you've launched the ministry of commission, C-O-M-I-S-S-I-O-N, so I'd like to know um, a little bit about commission and what encouragement do you have for our listeners who might be saying, listen, I don't even know how to, to operate in this kind of radical faith that Adam operates in that believes for the miraculous. And I believe, Adam, the things that you witnessed and the, the dark spirits, the demonic strongholds that you encountered in Ireland, I believe uniquely prepared you for the way that you're ministering. Maybe we don't think it's as strong here in the United States, but it, it truly is. We have so many strongholds in this nation yeah. um, and uh, it's getting darker, uh, sadly, uh, by the year. So I'm so blessed to see you here and to see how God is using you. But talk a little bit about commission and how you would encourage those that are listening to really embrace this kind of radical faith for themselves. Well, yes, I, I definitely noticed just in my travels across the nation that evangelism is this very complex, it's nearly like you have to have a doctorate degree in apologetics yeah. if you want to be an evangelist. Mm. And you know, a lot of the conversions, like when you talked about immediate conversions, whether it's growing up in Ireland or even just here in the United States, were, were, were just such simple presentations of the gospel. In fact, Nikki Cruz, who's an overseer, and he wrote the foreword in my book, From Milk to Meat, Nikki Cruz uh, if you ask, how did David Wilkerson lead you to Jesus Christ? I mean, what five-point sermon, what deep apologetics, what what incredible evangelistic approach did David Wilkerson have with you? And Nicky Cruz will look at you and he would say to you, all Nicky, all David Wilkerson preached was, hey, Nicky, Jesus loves you. <laughs> I mean, that Jesus loves you. And, and, and uh, Jesus loves you. That one sentence was enough to break Nikki Cruz hard heart and wow. called him to salvation and it was immediate but yeah. I've seen I've seen that sentence Jesus loves you bring a, a homosexual prostitute in Ireland to an immediate conversion where weeks later he ends up marrying a woman he has children with her and to this day he's an incredible husband father worker and he won't boast about rehabilitation he won't boast about uh, you know, spending all this time detoxing psychologically what he had believed in. 
for a very large part of his life as a homosexual, he won't go into any of that. He will say, no, Jesus came in in a moment and made me born again. Wow. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. And, and the gospel gives that hope to people because we've got a lot of doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, all trying to figure out how to fix society. And they're doing everything but applying Jesus to their treatment yeah, because Jesus true. truly is the answer. He really is the answer. Some people do need extra help. There's nothing wrong with teen challenge or nothing wrong with seeing a counselor, nothing wrong with seeing a psychologist, nothing wrong with taking some medication to help you process what you're going through. Nothing wrong with it. In fact, Paul said to Timothy, have a little bit of wine to take care of your stomach problems because yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There absolutely is nothing wrong with that. But just because we agree with that does not negate the value of what Jesus Christ can do in a moment of miracle, a moment of power, a moment of opening yourself up to him and allowing him to come into your heart. And when you are born again, old things pass away and all things become brand new. Jesus has the power to make you new, me new, our kids new every single day. And that, that's the power of the gospel. And I've witnessed that. Even just recently, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, working with a Baptist church in Buckhead. And we were downtown Atlanta street preaching. And the poor pastor, he's never done this any of this before. And that's what we love to do with commission. We love to work with churches who don't evangelize mm. we love to work with churches that don't do evangelism in fact they're our favorite churches to work with because the churches that are already doing it they already know what they're doing we really don't have much to offer them they're already doing it that's awesome we want to work with the churches that don't do any evangelism whatsoever and fan, fan something into flame in them to make them realize what they thought they could not do they are better than us at doing it in their mm -hmm. local community we want to make people know that they're better than us because they're in their local community well after we're gone. That's so they true. can have a more transformative uh, influence on their community than I could ever. But I like the fact that you're igniting it. That's a lot of the work of commission, not only your ministry, yes. but the fact that you can partner. If you're listening and you're a pastor, a church, a leader, and, and you can just sense God is igniting something in you as you're listening to Adam, Listen, connect with commission. You're going to want to not only yes. bring Adam out to your area, he's come out here for our youth. We've done street church with Adam. He is just an exceptional, um, just exceptional pastor, evangelist, leader, encourager of people. That's commission.com, C-O-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. -S -S and he'll come out and train. And what I love about yes. what you just said, Adam, is the gospel is simple. I had the privilege of being with Reinhard Bonnke in Liberia before he went to heaven. Yeah. And, you know, you could hear him preach a hundred times and he's still slicing and dicing John three sixteen every which way you can slice <laughs> it and dice it because that is the yes. message is that God so loved yes. the world that he, that he came and he died for you. And when people truly know that they are loved by God, loved enough that Jesus would send that would God would send his son, Jesus for us, that makes all the difference. And that eliminates yes. this intimidation, doesn't it? I think Adam, that we might feel intimidated to share the gospel yeah. on the street or in our school or with a coworker or with our family members, whoever you're thinking of right now, as you're listening to Adam, someone, God is bringing someone into your mind's eye to say, that's the well, person be, to hear you. Yes. 
And, and we don't have to feel intimidated that the yeah. gospel is enough just to say, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Just like that yeah. woman at the well, she didn't have a master's degree. <laughs> she wasn't a theologian. She just ran back to her city and said, listen, you need to meet Jesus. He told me everything I ever did. He's transformed my life. And I want you to know him and just begin by telling people your story and tell people what God has done. So Adam, I wish we had hours and hours because I have a feeling you could tell us so many stories that would make our hair stand on end about the way (laughs) God is using you. But I want them to connect with you at commission, commission commission.com guys, head over there, find out everything you need to know about Adam. If you're looking next year to take your church to the, to another level, to level up your leaders to see people come to the radical changing life-changing power of Jesus Christ. You're going to want to bring Adam out to you and let their team work with your church. And uh, you're going to see, you're going to see miracles because of it, because of his radical faith, he's bringing that into your area. And then you just take that baton and run with it. Um, And Adam, I don't want to end our time together. I know you're going to pray for our listeners in just a moment, but you mentioned briefly your book and you're choosing to make your life matter in so many ways. And I'm just so honored because you were actually standing at our church in the green room. That's right. And the Lord gave me a prophetic word over your life. And little did I know that part of that was actually going to end up resulting in what is now your book from milk to meat. You mentioned that Nikki Cruz wrote the forward for it. So tell us real quickly what this book is, how they can find the book and, uh, and, and what that's going to do for them and for their loved ones, if they get a copy. Well, Angela, I just want to say thank you because I had written that, um, a massive amount of that book already. Wow. And in that green room, all those years ago, you looked at me and you said, there's a book in you. I, I, God's got something more for you than just what you're doing. And it was, it gave me the courage. All I needed was someone just to say, go do it. That's mm-hmm. all I needed. And I was looking for that. And you gave me that courage when you said, just go do it. Mm-hmm. You've no idea the power of those words of just someone believing in you and just releasing you to be, for some reason, we're all looking to be released into something. So and I, I, that's, that's, it's in that book, actually, From Milk to Meat. It's, it's all about equipping and raising up the church in this generation. From Milk to Meat's taken from the scripture where Paul says, I wish that you would grow from the milk to the meat. Uh, I wish that there's so much more for the Christian, so much more for the believer. And in fact, this book, it's around a thousand pages thick. <laughs> it's got well over 400 devotionals in it Mm. and it can be read it can be read like a golden corral buffet if you wanted to you can just pick it up it's two pages of devotional along each and at the end there's a little notation part and you can just flick it open to wherever whenever I've had so many people tell me like when they went to prayer and they're in an urgent matter and they need a word from God that they would just drop the book down and land their finger down on it and I get messages every week every two weeks of people saying, you've no idea, this book has just given me the direction that I needed to go in. And the scripture that I read that you wrote about was exactly what I needed to read in that moment. It's not a book that you would just sit down and read from start to finish because it would take so long. But a lot of people just keep it up on a up on their up on their library uh, wall and they pick it out whenever they feel and they read a couple of devotionals and then they put it right back again. And it's kind of one of those things you keep for the rest of your life. You don't, yeah. it's not one that it's, it's just how I felt the Lord was leading it to be and how it's supposed to be 
but I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the publisher. I mean, they really got behind it. They, they really helped promote it. And I'm so grateful that nearly 1800 copies have gone out across the world now since January last year, Amen. this past year. So, I mean, that's, that's more than what I was ever thinking or hoping that it would go. I, I, I just am very grateful to God for, for what's happening. So thank you so much, Angela. Oh. The book itself is, will, will, I, will, make you, will make you grow in your faith. It will, challenge, it will challenge you in your faith. And you'll feel a, an eager desire to grow uh, closer to Jesus because of it. And then also how it applies to evangelism. Mm. Because I, 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 do, I believe... If you just make evangelism your goal or you make evangelism, I want to be the best evangelist I can be. You'll burn out within a couple of weeks because that's not the goal. The mm. goal is, is to know God. It's that's to walk good. In relation, it's to walk in relationship with God. If we miss our relationship with God, evangelism becomes no different than the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons. It, it just becomes this rigorous thing and i never evangelize because i have to i i evangelize because i want to i get to i get to share my jesus with people and so this book will will challenge you in your relationship with god and remind you of if you want to grow then don't set out to be an evangelist set out to be a child of god set out to 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 know god to walk it with him as as a loving father and that cares about you and out of that relationship with God comes evangelism. It should come evangelism because uh, that's what's on his heart. His heart's for souls. His heart's for sinners. His heart is for the broken. And so as you're walking in relationship with God, he begins to share his heart with you for people and for the lost. And so for milk to meat is a, is a challenge really to grow in our own relationship with God, but to also foresee that as we do grow in that relationship with God, evangelism will become a very important part of our everyday life because God loves souls and he loves sinners. Mm. And so thank you, Angela, so much for oh. having me on. I'm very thankful. For oh, it. you're so welcome. It's been an honor. It's been an honor to know you, my husband. I've known you for a few years now. and We've loved seeing how God is using you. And I just feel like every year he's just doing more in your life. He's expanding you. Mm. I loved what you just shared about let's not have our, our motive is not evangelism. Our motive is to know God and to love Amen. God. And out of that, and, and that is so freeing. I just felt personally freed as you said that. And I know there's some people listening to just feel like, okay, that's it. I get it. I can do this. I can love God. And then he's going to yes. provide that opportunity for you to share with a tired clerk in your, in your target or a, or a teacher. Yeah. I mean, there are so many people right now coming out of the last two years, guys that are hurting, that are weary. Maybe it's a waiter and you could just say, Hey, we're getting ready to pray over our food. Can we pray for you? And uh, just let God lead you and just yeah. be willing to be a conduit the way Adam is. And, and uh, God will use you mightily if you just give him your obedience. So his book is from milk to meat. It's available on Amazon. Uh, commission.com is the ministry. You can find out more about Adam and you can bring him out to your area and to your church to have him speak, speak to your youth, your young adults, your church. I'm telling you, he will bless you. He's blessed our church so much out here in Virginia. So Adam, thank you. I love hearing how God is using you. I love knowing more about your story now and kind of what makes you who you are and uh, helps me understand even more how God is using you so mightily. So I would love for you to just pray over our listeners as we close whatever God is putting on your heart. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Let's pray right now. Father, I just thank you so much for all the listeners that are tuning in. I thank you so much that Angela is giving so many people an opportunity for them to express their faith. I thank you for Angela's even belief in Christ in me and giving me that go ahead. I'm so thankful that she believes in people. She wants to see the best in people. She wants to see everyone achieve all that they can be in Christ. And I pray over her. I pray over these listeners, Lord, that tune in, that support her, that purchase her resources, that care about what she cares about and are standing behind her, sharing the message everywhere they can, God. And I pray over them that we all today will fall in a deeper love with you than ever before, Jesus. Jesus, we're not evangelists first or pastors first. No, what we are first is children of yours. We are like what Adam and Eve were to you in the Garden of Eden before the fall. You just want to walk in relationship with us. You want to walk in the cool of the day with us. You want to hear from our point of view. You want to hear our opinions. You want to hear our heart. Even when it came to Adam and Eve naming the animals, you were interested in what they were coming up with to name the animals. Because, God, you've taken interest in mankind. You've taken interest in our personal lives. You're taking interest in everyone listening in across the world on this podcast today. And God, I pray right now from the top of their head, all the way down to the soles of their feet, they will encounter the miracle working God, restoring areas of their body, areas of their health in the name of Jesus, giving them wisdom, God, giving them advice, giving them counsel, giving them guidance, giving them leading. Let something of this podcast really set a fire inside of them of value and worth and significance. Lord, let someone that's listening in today go somewhere throughout their journey this weekend and tell someone, Jesus loves you. God, I pray that everyone will feel that encouragement. Everyone will feel that fire inside of them. And God, we don't even know the impact that we could all have. If we all committed to this weekend, just looking at a server or looking at someone in a restaurant or looking at our neighbor or looking at our spouse or our children and just saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. God, I pray, put that fire in every single one of us to love the people that you died for and care about so deeply. And we thank you, Jesus, that you first cared for us. You first loved us. And we love you and we bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.